we're gonna lose one two but um i hope to be wrong totally Ooh. wrong uh, so we're but... losing two home games in a row has i this, know has this ever happened of course oh good question i don't know but I'm, it would feel rotten i have to tell you it I'm would not, feel rotten i'm not prepared either Welcome to RBLE Global Tracks, Leipzig's fresh RB Leipzig podcast in English, brought to you by Richard and Mario. Amongst us, we are season ticket holders, passionate supporters, and not very neutral local pundits. And both of us have been following Leipzig football since our childhood days. So if you want to hear about RB Leipzig, capture the mood of the fans in the city. And if you want to go beyond numbers and statistics, you are in the right place. We're delighted to welcome you on board. Let's go. Auf geht's, Leipziger Jungs. Good evening, Richard. How are you today? Good evening, Mario. Thank you. I'm fine. I'm recovered from Saturday and I'm looking forward to our next match and to our show tonight. Brilliant. Me too. So, Richard, do enlighten us. What is it we're going to talk about today? Okay. So, today we're going to talk about our takeaways from that Frankfurt match, oh, although I would like to forget it, but maybe. I'm Which match are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> so he wants that we wants to further. Um, we have some club related news, and then we would like to take a preview of the upcoming encounter versus the undefeated top side Leverkusen. The Werkself Pillentreer. I'm looking forward to that as well. So thank you very much, Richard. So let's get started and have a look at our last match, if we have to. And now, let's have a look at RB Leipzig's last match. Did we have a reason for celebration with bubbly, nice fizzy champagne? Or did we just have to resort to having some beer? Champagner statt beer? Let's find out. Unfortunately, it was beer, because the celebrations you just heard were the celebrations of the uh, large group of supporters of Eintracht Frankfurt fans, who also chanted the famous chant of Auswärtssieg, because they did the win away. So, final score at this match was uh, RB Leipzig, nothing, and the one goal for Eintracht Frankfurt scored in the fifth minute by Ansgar Knauf. And for the whole match, RB Leipzig did not find the right answer. However, there's another piece of audio clip that I would like to play to you because that pretty much describes the frustration of RB Leipzig supporters. Here we go. That was pretty much at the beginning of the match when we thought, wow, there's still 85 minutes of match left and surely RB Leipzig can come back from a 1-0 deficit. But as the match went on 
and nothing really successful happened. Frustration and disbelief grew. And especially if you look at the overwhelming shots on goal that RB Leipzig had at the end of the match, plus eight attempts on target. Well, nobody could really believe the uh, final scoreline. So, Richard, let me ask you this. Have you recovered? And what's your verdict? Yeah, um, I do have recovered from that unnecessary and painful loss. Um, that was the first time for everything, this first loss versus Frankfurt at home. So maybe it was time for that. Um, also, uh, also uh, Marco Rose lost for the first time with the club versus oh, yeah. Eintracht Frankfurt. Yeah, that's true. Um, I would like to point out that first and one and only goal that was scored by our guests and it, it was hard to defend and I hate to say it but it was a very nice goal. It was a simple effort but very well executed. Perfect timing, perfect ball velocity, perfect shot and it wasn't an easy goal but it wasn't an easy shot because the ball jumped just a little bit before Knauf hit it and uh, he did it, hit it perfectly and there was no chance for Blaswig and um, so in this scene Frankfurt was had this this necessary luck as we like to say in German that you need sometimes and, and we, we what well, we didn't have the whole game so we sat next to each other and I know you had this uh, same impressions like me that um, we mm, just felt like mm, they are not at 100% they're just like 95% there was a little lack of, of um, decisiveness not um, yeah not not forced enough to go for the for the um, last meter the last step you should take but but I watched the tape and I was at home and I watched it twice and it was hard to watch uh, yeah, I have to admit but, I could imagine yeah <laughs> but, but when I went through those scenes um this this thinking i this 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 image i had in in, in mind when when i was in, in the stands it changed a little bit so mm -hmm. you know we had a lot of chances and and i don't see anyone to blame here so we had we had goal pandas heather in the second half um his effort from 11 yards after Xavi's pass just after the start of the second half his volley in a few minutes before the final whistle Shot from point blank range after almost patch a pass which was blocked. Uh, Xavi had a chance in the first half. Shesko twice in a, in a half time number one. Um, one time he couldn't get a proper shot on goal due to a technical error, and then after the pass from uh, Plasvich, his shot went wide. Henrich, uh, Henrich's shot from close range uh, from an unfavorable angle after 70 minutes. And I definitely missed some here. So at the end of the day, with, with slightly more decisiveness in front of the goal and a little more fortune, we score, I'm sure about that, in 19 out of 20 games and win like 15 out of 20. And with with Olmo back, and I do want him in the starting 11 versus Bayer um, instead of Baumgartner, I am not concerned at all about the quality of our squad, squad and, and our coaching staff. This is really a relief because I do remember the emotion night right after the game. It was pretty much what you said in the beginning. The feeling that uh, nobody was actually given 100%, uh, although this is really rich coming from me because I'm not playing football. But there was this also from the supporters side. I think we weren't really in it either. 
Um, it felt like we didn't give 100% either. And I don't know, was it just a hangover because the, there was a winter break and there was still Christmas and it came into early and it was cold anyway. And plus we're Kunden anyway. It was different because if I think back of the uh, game, first home game we had versus VfB Stuttgart, and you you will remember that uh, we were behind 1-0 in the first half, and I thought at the time, okay, first game, and Stuttgart deserved it because they played quite well. I was really surprised what kind of force they unleashed, RB Leipzig unleashed on, on VfB Stuttgart. There was the sheer will in fact, of, of RB Leipzig trying to, to score a goal. And if I remember the equalizer with Benny Henrichs, uh, who just forced that ball in, and there were two off goals uh, disallowed because of offside, I think two, and Openna, that one-hander that went uh, bouncing on the, on the ground and, and just up into the to the goal. And that sheer force, I think that's, that's what we were missing. But after what you've just said, I think it could have turned that way as well uh, with a similar scoreline because at that game with the VfB Stuttgart, Remember, we talked a lot about efficiency at the beginning of the season, and and um, you may want to talk about the X goals for that game versus Frankfurt uh, as well. Uh, at that time, we were a lot more efficient. We were we had that luck in that game, so, so the scoreline was five one, and maybe it was similar with Cologne, but more like that versus Stuttgart. And I guess on Saturday we were just missing that. So none of these balls um, made their way to the back of the net. And if you looked at the statistics with eight shots on goal, uh, on, on target, and Frankfurt had one shot on target, which hit the back of the net, unfortunately. It looks it looks very decisive. But my impression also was, you know, that out of the eight shots we had, some were really soft and, and goalie trap for Frankfurt had no problems with that. He made a big meal out of it to, you know, get some time. Um, off the clock, run down the clock. Um, but um, I'm not sure. But I must admit, I didn't. I didn't watch it back. I couldn't do that. <laughs> I'm glad you did. So, if you're optimistic and you take a more optimistic view from that match, that that's great. Um, we'll definitely be there again on on Saturday. And you know, it'll be a totally different ball game. Yeah. Uh, it will, but um, you pointed it out, the uh, game versus Stuttgart in the uh, earlier season. Um, we had in that game, I look, just looked it up now, 1.8x goals. And in the recent game versus Frankfurt, we had 3.5, so nearly doubled. And so, yeah, sometimes it's just in, in between. Is this a question of efficiency? You, you said it, we talked about this a lot in the early season. And we were overperforming. No doubt, in that uh, Stuttgart encounter, and this time it was just the other way around. So, this is because um, I have no, yeah, as I said, no concerns about um, the that we will get back on track and get our wins in the upcoming games. Mm. Do you think there's a factor that we were missing somebody like Amy Forsberg who could have come on and pitch, like versus Teske Hoffenheim, really take an emotional lead, but? Admittedly, those were completely different circumstances, and maybe under normal circumstances, Amy wouldn't have been able to turn this around. But it feels like we, we, um, a lot of people left the club, and we didn't really replace them. And it feels like we have a smaller, smaller uh, squad now, not with all, and not with all of those decisive, deciding figures. Do you I think mean, that's a factor, or maybe. is that something we should neglect? Uh, maybe so you know uh, 
Emil Forsberg in that form that he showed us in, in December and late November definitely would have been uh, helpful here. But um, it was not that necessary to, to, to bring that extra power because we had the power on, on the pitch. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, maybe in, in, in some some games um, when we had him in, in the past, he came on and, and scored and, and took uh, duties on, on his own. But, um, you know, it's, it's a little bit of hindsight. You, you never know um, if, if this would have helped in this game. But it, for, to me, it did not feel like um, if we miss Emil um, by that margin that we um, should have had him on the, on the roster. Mm. Speaking of Emil Forsberg, just like to remind you, we put out a special episode. Uh, we called it Forsberg's Grand Farewell just just find in our list and uh, this one just enables you to relive key moments of that last match that Emil Forsberg had at home versus uh, TSG Hoffenheim do give it a listen take your time this is a different format from what we are doing here right now I hope you we hope you enjoy it and uh, give us some feedback if uh, you'd like so can we wrap this up the year <laughs> Despicting the SG Eintracht Frankfurt match. I think we had talked about it enough. But yeah, congratulations to Eintracht Frankfurt. I think this could be a, a good team. Um, they can form a good team with the new additions. And I'll keep their fingers crossed for a little bit, not too much. So let's move on to some uh, club-related news. And now on for some club-related news. Up related news about RB Leipzig. Number one, we have uh, finally Xavi Reach. The first time ever is rookie of the month, December. He outplayed in this um, pattern, no, in this uh, competition. Uh, he outplayed Victor Boniface, of course. You. And this time <laughs> Merlin Röhl, midfielder out of Eintracht Frankfurt. No, excuse me. SC <laughs> Freiburg, pardon me. Um, yeah. Congratulations, young man. Uh, well deserved. Well deserved, especially in December. You know, um, Victor Boniface. Uh, I think he he won it three times in a row: September, uh, October, November two, and and in in December he wasn't that strong uh, as he was in that uh, mentioned month before. So I think it's very deserved for Xavi. And I have a bold prediction in this category. Mm. Mm, Let's hear it. Come on. Uh, okay. Go on. The rookie of the month, January, although it's not over yet, will be this young, famous player from TSG Hoffenheim. You know what I mean? You know who I mean? Oh, oh. Um, it starts with a B, I think. Yes. Yeah, yeah. You mentioned that guy. It's a, it's a player to watch. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> Should I enlighten you? It, does it sound similar to the next opponent from us? Uh, yeah, a little bit. Maximilian Empire. <laughs> <laughs> Maximilian Empire. Hey, this is one that impresses me. It's not um, this right show to talk about him, but um, as we were talking about Rookie of the Month, uh, December, um, I'm pretty sure he will mm. do this in, in, in January. So Okay, we'll watch out. out. Yeah, watch out. Um, another... another um, club-related news. 
Amadou Haidara, our man in Africa, was had this first game to play versus South Africa and uh, his Mali um, nation took off the win 2-0 versus South Africa. Quite a little bit surprising to me. And personal success for Amadou, he was voted as a man of the match. So congratulations uh, to the win and congratulations to this personal honor. Thank you, thank you. No, I feel lucky for him personally, but on the other hand side, that means um, if Mali is going to win the second game in the cup, we will miss him at least uh, four or five days longer, which that doesn't make me happy at all. No, Jim, um, I, I hope he's not that selfish and uh, he makes sure he comes back in time. Mm. <laughs> we, have to, we have to deal with it. <laughs> but it's good to see, to be honest. It's really good to see and I hope um, he continues to be successful. Mm -hmm. Maybe yeah. it's good for us in the long run. Maybe you have to look at it that way. Oh yeah, maybe. Um, so and then the uh, the last one I've got on my uh, paper here is um, Coach Rose was quoted that he uh, should have said that Blaswich and Gulashi will get both get playing time in mm -hmm. the upcoming weeks, which is very uncommon. And I'm curious how this will work out. It was just uh, I read. Um, some days after this uh, was uh, announced at first that this wasn't uh, quoted correctly so that he, it doesn't mean that um, they will uh, change in every game mm -hmm. but he just said that Gulashi will get what, like one or two or something uh, he will get a time on the pitch and you know I'm, I'm glad because when I heard that first um, I fear that this might unsettle our defense players a little bit you know every mm. keeper has got its own pattern every keeper has got its own movement and i think it's important for defense to to know who is the one between the goalposts so that you can rely on and can yeah play blind passes and you know okay you can play him in the right foot you can play him in the left foot um, you can play a fastball but maybe you should uh, play a bit lower or something like that and if you have to adjust in every game because the keeper is, in, is another that might be not an easy task what do you think mm. and to be honest um on one hand it sounds refreshing to have uh, gulashi between the sticks as well um and maybe it's because we've seen him for such a long time and we do remember his really good times when it was pete the wall and uh, when he played versus Young Boys Bern, admittedly that was a, a match where we didn't have too much to play for apart from the money. He he looked solid to me, but it was a completely different team. And um, but at the moment, I'm similarly skeptical to you. I mean, I would stick with with Yanis um, as long as he's uh, shown the performance, and the team is probably secure in the back if, if he's between the posts however at the same point same time pete needs to be ready whenever something happens to 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 Yanis. and and i'm sure he's a, such a professional that he is is doing just that and because he is doing that he's probably almost uh, as good as Yanis in uh, during practice but Yanis has the big advantage of of having a lot more time on the pitch it's a difficult one it's a difficult one and when would you actually use Pete's services in which matches, which games? When would you actually get him on the pitch? I mean, not versus Leverkusen and probably not versus Stuttgart or versus Dortmund or Munich. 
München. Um, maybe versus Bochum, you know. But how would Pete feel about it if he just gets the, let's say, second-rated um, matches? Um, maybe versus Union. Good curveball. Yeah. Isn't, which isn't too far away. No, no, you're right. That could be the perfect one, actually. Mm -hmm. Oh, let's see. That, okay. I'm curious now. <laughs> I'm, I'm curious. Yeah, Union would be a good contender. And then we'll see. And uh, towards the end of the season, we can always speculate of what's going to happen when uh, we get another goalie. <laughs> Is it Thunderford? So who, what happens next year, next year? But, whoa, the second part of the season is going to be tough enough, to be honest. Mm -hmm. but, um, but I think today you mentioned to me that you looked at some statistics, which was kind of fun fact. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I told you just before the show. Um, but now to our audience. Um, so with the first half of the seasons in the books, uh, we are on the exact same path as we were last season in terms of wins, draws, losses. So last season we had 20 wins, 6 draws and 8 losses. And guess what? Right now we are standing at 10 wins, 3 draws and 4 losses. So it seems like we hit our ceiling. <laughs> Um, in terms of points per game. But on the other hand side, I think it's, it's, it's a good sign, uh, though, because, you know, last season we had a very, very decent uh, squad, a talented squad, a very well um, played the squad know each other for a long time and was used to play with, with, with uh, together with each other. And then we had this uh, substantial losses in, in quality in Kunku left, uh, Guardiola left, Schoboslai left, Lima left, you know. And then we have to replace them all, and we're still on that same pace. I think this is a, that speaks a lot for in favor of our coach and the coaching staff and the scouting staff too. Hmm, really interesting, and uh, it does give us gives me a little bit of comfort, especially after the last match versus Abama di Hesekomer. Just one more guy to mention: uh, Timo Werner joined a very very big club in the north of London last week and only after a couple of days when he arrived in on the Royal Island uh, he had his first match versus Manchester United and he was actually in the starting 11 and I must say I recognized him really quickly although he was wearing number 16 um, he was wearing those black uh, gloves so we, we, we saw that was Timo but I think Timo had a very good game pretty good game um he could have actually scored a couple of times he was uh, offside a couple of times as well so he's keeping true to that tradition but he had his assist the equalizer i think to all it was timo who provided the assist in a timo vanna fashion so well done to him and let's see how it continues but definitely an optimistic and positive start so i uh we really i think we really wish him well well and uh hope he continues on the good path so that's, I believe, all about club-related news. Let's have a look at our next opponent. Introducing our next opponent, their Baker Jack. So, second half of the season is going up to start, and it starts with the toughest uh, opponent you could imagine right now, because it's Bayer Leverkusen. Uh, Bayer do you think? Leverkusen. Do you think we have to swallow a bitter pill? Mm, nice one. <laughs> Um, maybe so. Bayer Leverkusen impresses me very, very much. Um, hats off for what Xavi Alonso did with that team. You know, yeah, yeah. When, when he came last season, 
uh, they lost quite a lot, it's especially in the early season. I, I think they, they lost, I don't know, like like four of, of the first uh, eight games or something like that. I just have to look it up. But, but do, I do remember that they um, were in deep trouble in, in the start of the season and then finished mm. the season with like 50 points. So they have now 45 right so this is an enormous uh, development but i do remember that um at some point they really turned their performance around and um towards the end of the season they were really solid they were really solid they were a really great team to watch as well so we we shouldn't be surprised that they are where they are right now no absolutely because obviously Xavi Alonso is a great coach and there are the additions that they took especially Shaka uh, from midfield uh, that were that was crucial mm-hmm. and um and they had surely an an top hit with um Victor Boniface when I was I was a little bit skeptical at the start of the season because I watched him play uh, at Union Saint-Gilloise because they played Union Berlin in the Europa League or was it Europa mm-hmm. Conference League I don't know and, and he played for this Belgian club and he and uh, he did two great games versus Union that I saw and, and I thought oh, maybe okay this, this could be something um, but I was curious if he is ready for Bundesliga because if you are playing in, uh, in the, the Europa League in Belgium I think this is something different and it's a different um, level of, of skill and the level of competition. And um, sometimes you need a little bit of time to get adjusted to the higher quality in, in this top tier leagues. Um, but I was obviously wrong uh, what, I was, what, I, what, I, what I thought because <laughs> he scored like, I don't know, 10 times now. You, we mentioned him three times, rookie of the month. Oh boy, um, what, a, what a player. So good for us that he's not around this time. And I, I do remember um, our first leg game well because so we lost three two, but we had a strong performance, I think, and we I agree, have, yeah, we we could have um, get away with, with the draw, yeah. Um, Openda had this huge chance where he. Just, I know, I, yeah, I should see it in front of my eyes. <laughs> Damn just, it! <laughs> goal was literally empty, and he missed it by a, <sighs> by a, a meter or something. So yeah, we lost three two, and. This is no shame because um, that was the first of them 25 more games to come uh, mm. where Bayern Ulfia didn't lose. So they are now on a 26-game unbeaten streak in competitive matches. And this is an If they knew how to chant in English, they would, they would sing, we are unbeatable. Well, hopefully mm-hmm. not, you know. Mm. So, and, and uh, there are some other impressive uh, numbers that I have um, picked off because they're so, so, yeah, just impressive. Um, they didn't concede more than two goals in any match this season. And and even this only occurred four times well, at, at Bayern, at Hoffenheim, at Sandhausen in the DFB-Pokal. And uh, I mentioned it versus RBL at home. And another interesting fact is they always score at least one goal in Every competitive match they played this season. Um, so 26 games in a row where they scored. And only in four of them, four again, they did not score twice or more. Mm. At Augsburg recently, at Aktam in the Europa League, at Stuttgart and versus Dortmund. And um, so in every other match, they scored at least twice. They scored now 82 goals. In 26 competitive matches. Jesus. Okay, fair to say, 
uh, this includes a goal versus Ottensen. And we'll take first, them off is still impressive. Yeah, and they're taken off and it's still 73 goals in, in 25 matches. Mm. Um, in the Bundesliga, they scored 47 times. We have 38. But, you know, what is interesting in um, this number is in Bundesliga. Um, because this is the only uh, competition uh, where I can gather those numbers. Um, Leverkusen expected goals are 35.6, and we have 35.5. So what tells that's us surprising. That? That's surprising. So this yeah. is almost almost equal, just by 0.1 difference. So I I can't, don't take that into account. Um, so what tells us this? Is this really this? higher skill level of, of those players or is it just more luck more fortune in front of the goal um i'm not quite sure about that and i think it's a, a mixture of both um i think they are like 25 more skilled and just 75 more luck mm -hmm. okay so yeah it's, this is hard to um to underscore that and and then mm -hmm. to, to to get deeper into this but you know we have Chesco, we have openda we have xavi um olmo really really decent players good goal scorers good ball handlers and yeah they got roots and they got boniface and shaka and uh, hofmann but in those names i don't see this huge difference And, mm. and those players um, that would explain this huge difference in um, goals uh, that was really, in fact, scored out of the expected goals. Okay, and so what yeah. can give us hope, or who should we watch mm. on Saturday? What gives me a little bit hope is that now three crucial players um, are not available for Bayern Munich because. It Do you think that that's not being compensated or? They have compensated at least in the first match versus Augsburg now. But, you know, as a, okay, let's start with Boniface. Boniface, as I said already, is, is off. So he is now injured, okay. Uh, but if he wasn't injured, he would have been to the African Cup of Nations. Another important pillar in the defense is Kosonu who is off with uh, Ivory Coast, uh, the African Cup. Mm -hmm. And he was replaced in their match versus Augsburg from uh, Josip Stanisic. And I think Stanisic um, and Andrich as well, who played in the center-back positions in their 5-3-2 uh, formation, I think these are the two weakest parts in their defense if you can speak of weakness here but I think this is a clearly drop off in quality uh, compared to Kosanu mm -hmm. um, so that gives me a little hope and if you look um, into the tape versus Augsburg what's, what Stanisic, Stanisic did in, in some situations now that wasn't um, I don't know how to say that uh, it was not souverain <laughs> it was It was not the convincing manner, mm. convincing behavior as a defensive player. Um, that gives me a little hope that this unit isn't um, very well matched uh, together because um, Kosenu started 14 out of 15 possible games. And usually um, Stanisic, when he plays, he comes from the bench. He only played seven games um, three times from, from the start on. 
And it's the same with Andrich. Andrich played 11 times and only had four starts. And mm -hmm. those two just now have to take the duties because, um, yeah, Kosunu off and obviously Tar not ready yet. I don't know. He was on the bench. He didn't play in that game. Um, I expect him to play versus us. But if not, then this gives me a little hope. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But who should we watch? A player to watch. So, um, yeah, I mentioned a lot of names now. And, and you know, I always try, or usually I try to figure some, some player who's a little bit under the radar. And this is just not possible here. Mm -hmm. But I would like to point out number 25, uh, Ezequiel Palacios. Um, he is world champion with uh, Argentina. And he is just an impressive um, an impressive player this season because he got so much better than last season. You know how long he is at Leverkusen now? I, I know you know because I asked you before. But I guess recording. three years, you know, yeah, I guess three years. years. The name rings a bell, but I thought it was three years. Yeah. But and I was actually, wrong, obviously. Yeah, but actually it's five years. It's five oh years God. at Leverkusen already. And he was never, ever uh, in, in, in my... On your radar, yeah, on, on my radar. No, he wasn't. Mm. So, but now, and and I looked into some numbers. Um, why is this now the case? And I find out that um, if you just look at three values: um, progressive passes, progressive uh, carries, he has now battered. <laughs> can you say this? He's now better than last season. He he, he he's improved. improved. Yeah, thank yeah. you. Uh, he's he has improved himself. So he had last season in 26 games 12 progressive carries and now he's 21 and he had 105 progressive passes uh, with now he's got 112 and with nine games to spare to reach uh, <laughs> the number of games uh, he needed last season for, for those numbers so yeah Im Im impressive improvement to me and definitely the player to watch number 25 um, Palacios Is there any way we can beat them and if so how? Well, uh, to be honest, usually I got some keys to win. I, ain't got, <laughs> I don't got one here because... It's, this it's, is a first, mate. I can't they, believe it. They did I hope Marco Rose does his job. <laughs> <laughs> they did lose one and that's for a reason. Um, I think we have to, we have to um, rely on our strengths. We have to mm. uh, play, play the ball quick and uh, straight up the middle and... Um, Go for if Stanisic um, plays in the center back. Go go for this side where he has to fulfill his duties, and um, then maybe we we got a chance to for a bounce back game here. And I hope I do hope that we come away with a one nil win. Mm -hmm. So my score prediction is we're gonna lose one two, but um, I hope to be wrong, totally Ooh. wrong. Uh, so we're but... losing. Two home games in a row. Has I this, know. Has this ever happened? Of course. Oh, good question. I don't know. But uh, it would I'm, feel rotten. I have to tell you. It I'm would feel rotten. I'm not prepared either. Mm, might need a aspirin after that. Anyways, so who could be the team, the starting 11, that could have a go at beating the back safe? Mm, okay, let's go. 
Okay, I wouldn't change the goalie here, plus which uh, is my keeper number one, all in this encounter too. And our defense in a 4-2-2-2 formation contains Blaswig Lukeba instead of Simakan because I did like this defense performance versus Frankfurt. Klostermann next to him and Raum, of course, on the left side. Schlager and Kampe. I like this duo a lot versus Frankfurt. I am pretty sure we will see those both again. Offensive midfield, Xavi, and finally Olmo back on track. Back in the What a relief. Game. And Jesko didn't perform didn't perform that good. So please, Marco, bring Yusuf back into the starting eleven. At least I would do this. And of course, goal Panda, our goal scorer number one, undisputable striker number one. Well, that's not hopeless. That's pretty optimistic. Come on, we're gonna do it. So this was your starting eleven. Go the score predictions. We had that already. You go for a win. I go for a loss. How <laughs> stupid! I was crazy. Is that? So that's everything for today, isn't it? We had a look at the well defeat versus Eintracht Frankfurt. Some club related news, and we also looked ahead at our clash with. Bayer 04 Leverkusen. So all I really need to say now is thank you for listening to us. And we'd be like, we'd be delighted if you could subscribe to our RB Leipzig podcast and uh hopefully leave us a positive review on your platform of choice. Uh we but also be interested in suggestions of how we can improve the pod. So let us know if you wish to take part in one of our upcoming episodes and you can contact us and find us on Twitter. Our name is at uh, podcast underscore RBL or drop us an email, talk to us at rbleglobaltracks.com. Thank you very much, Richard. We keep our fingers crossed for the weekend. You guys have a great weekend and we talk to you next week. And please don't forget to check out the Forsberg special, Forsberg's Grand Farewell. And all we need to say now is, auf geht's, Leipziger Jungs. Mm -hmm.